Do we need to call someone? What's up, guys? Welcome to the Free For All Podcast, your source for all things geek. I'm your host, Devin Swafford. With me, as always, Chuck Nally. Hello. And Josh Barnett, looking much better, I might add. Hi. Uh, how's the stomach, Josh? Uh, hasn't come back to hurt me in 30-ish minutes. Throat, real sore. Stomach, uh, feeling better. Blood vessels, still about, burst. Listen to the first show, which is an absolute shit show. Uh, at least a third of that is just Josh gagging. A treasure. I look like I just got my ass straight fucking kicked. You look like John Reese Davies. I mean, look, I'm okay with that. It definitely has aged me. My axe. <laughs> Oh, hot day. Uh, all right. Well, video games only, folks, as you can tell. Uh, rolling on. Uh, it's time to hear about what we're playing. Um, I have only played one thing because I tried to get it done for the show, and I failed at that. So I just suck. But I played a decent amount of it, and that's The Last of Us 2. We're going to talk about that last because Chuck hasn't got to start yet uh, that way. We're going to try to avoid most spoilers anyways, but uh, that way Chuck definitely doesn't have anything spoiled for him. Uh, yeah, and I bitch real hard about shit like that. He really does. Matt Jamin. Shut up. Uh, no, he's in the game. No. Uh, big surprise. Uh, an alien. He's an alien. Yep. Uh, but, in that spirit, <laughs> let's talk about some games that Chuck's played. Sino, uh, Sinalis? Sino Slice? What is this game? <laughs> Sino Alice is what. At least I'm guessing is what it is. It's a Square Enix game um, that's uh, it's all mobile, um, and it is essentially a uh, turn-based turn uh, RPG, uh, like like mobile style, um, where you play as different. I mean, clearly objectified versions of uh, female uh, like fairy tale uh, heroines. Um, I mean, Alice from Alice in Wonderland is wearing like this black corset and her tits be popping. I mean, (laughs) they're out. Um, it is, it is so over the top. Uh, everything else is kind of cool. Like, um, you can call in your buddies. Uh, they all have different things. There's Cinderella's in it. Uh, Alice, of course. Um, Gretel. Huh? I said, is Cinderella in a thong? <laughs> I mean, I haven't got a close-up look of her. You got you got to, um, like, pick your... That was person. the least comfortable thing I've ever heard anybody say. You didn't hear you vomiting into your hand, you piece of shit. Those weren't words, Chuck. Anyway. Uh, if you play uh, it backwards, it opens the gates of hell. Fact. Um, I'm not going to probably wind up playing this a whole lot because it's pretty generic I will say that the music is fucking spectacular like it is like top notch orchestral stuff there it's real good alright but the whole aesthetic of the game is just weird everything is sexualized there's two marionette puppets that like walk you through the game yeah, I know. <laughs> so, did we talk about golf with your friends last time? Or did the, was that just me and you? I was trying to convince you to play it, but the, the online playing system is weird. Like, I don't know. It, it It's difficult to begin with, and then it feels like it's steering you towards couch co-op stuff. It's, it's putt-putt. Right. Uh, and the courses are like, 
outlandishly designed. I only played one course that was uh, like a lumberjack kind of theme. And so there was like a bunch of saw blades going back and forth. And uh, there was this one uh, course where these cut logs were like shooting out of this uh, chute and would like hit your ball like all over the place. Uh, like some of the courses are, fu- I shot like a 55 on one because I could, you have to like hit this jump just right. Cause there's like this conveyor belt and uh, it was just sh- launching me into the woods. Launching? So, yes. Just launching me into the woods. Yes. Yeah, uh, and, and then it would be, uh, you know, a drop and then hit again. So like, I did that like six times, it feels like. And then by the time I got down there, the stupid logs were hitting me all over the place. And there's not like a minimal, it's like, oh, you hit an eight. We'll give you pity. No, it counts every single fucking stroke. And some of them are real tough. (laughs) And it's not that fun. All right. Well, I'm really glad that you tried to talk me into playing it. And then I did. That was Uh, was before. That was before, okay? okay? It's no power. Let's just play Power Stars again. You know what? I'm kind of in for that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Boo. Shut your mouth. About a game that I am actually, I was actually pretty excited for. Uh, I, I've been preoccupied and I hadn't played it yet. Uh, I really want to play West of Dead. Uh, I know you're not a roguelike guy. I didn't think I was until like the past two years. Um, but if it's done well, I really enjoy it. Uh, tell me about West of Dead. Well, I think you'll really like this one because of the roguelike games I've played, um, and again, I get frustrated with them super easily because they're very hard, Um, but uh, this one is much more approachable. It's a 3D isometric game, so all the levels are kind of slanted at an angle. Um, You play a a cowboy who's essentially going through the levels of hell, um, and... uh, you get different weapons, of course. You level them up. You die. You go back to the beginning, et cetera, et cetera. You never keep any of your weapons, though, when you die. And uh, you don't. Uh, you do keep your power-ups. Right. Um, so traditional roguelike fare. Uh, Ron Perlman voices the cowboy, and he's got a million lines of dialogue. Like, I've probably died 20 times, and every time he says something different. Um it's 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 charming. It's gritty, kind of. Um, it's the I, I love the uh, the design and the style of the game. Is it uh, fun? like the, is the combat fun? Combat's fun. There's a lot of cover mechanics involved. Um, so you have to hide behind, you know, coffins and stuff like that. But the guys will shoot at you and throw bombs and whatnot, and the cover will degrade. So you got to move. And then there's also a mechanic where there's, because uh, everything's dimly lit, and sometimes there's uh, hanging light bulbs that aren't on. If you turn them on, it creates this big flash of light, and it stuns all the nearby enemies, and then you can just wreck them. Uh, but you have two guns at all times, um, and it can vary. Like, I've had two pistols. I've had, you know, a pistol and a shotgun. I've had a single-bolt rifle and a sniper rifle. Like, there's a bunch of different weapons that you can choose from. You can throw dynamite. Uh, so yeah, there's a dodge mechanic involved. That's super useful. Uh, get used to dodging a lot. Cause right. when you take damage, it hurts real bad. All right. All right. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for this game. Uh, I'm kind of booked up for a little while, but before the end of the year, I will put some time into this game. Uh, cause I am pretty excited for it. I think you'll like it a lot. Um, it's Game Pass, right? Yep. Sweet. God God bless you, Game Pass. Uh, <laughs> speaking of those style of games, does Children of Morta have online co-op yet? Not that I've nope, seen. believe so. Because, damn it. <clears throat> I will drop everything and play Children of Morta. I've never played co-op. It, it's the only way to play that game. Oh, I were... love that game. It was like a top five game for me, and I haven't played it that way. <laughs> It's it's so much more fun with other people. God, I love that game. Um, tell me about the messenger. The messenger. Uh, yeah, the messenger. I just, I just, huh? I said, yeah, the messenger. This was a Switch game last year. 
Yeah, it just came out um, on Xbox this year in June. Um, it's essentially like an old school Sega Genesis Ninja Gaiden game, um, right. where uh, there's it's very difficult. There's a lot of upgrades. I've only played uh, one level and beat the first boss so far, but I know that there's a lot of. I've seen the, the trailer for it. There's a lot of like switching between characters. Um, like going through gates, like dimensional gates. Like you'll jump into a gate as one person, you'll come out as another person. And some of that has to do with the platforming. So um, you have to in order to get to a certain spot. Um, the stuff that I've played so far is pretty basic. The villains are pretty basic. Uh, you know, just typical 8-bit games where they're just kind of walking back and forth on a platform or they're shooting. Uh, you know, projectiles at a a pretty steady pace. Um, there is a, a, a mechanic that's pretty difficult to get used to um, where you can jump after you successfully hit something in the air. So there's some platforming involved with that where you'll jump up, hit like a lantern or something, and then it'll allow you to double jump. And if there's a lantern above that, you can continue to go. Yeah, Ori does something similar to that. Yeah. Uh, this game is not nearly as polished as Ori, but I don't think it is supposed to be since it's it's fully 8-bit. Right. Uh, like, the music is, you know, like, 8-bit. Uh, the best. Uh, everything about it hmm. uh, is just like that. So, I like it a lot so far. It's pretty difficult, um, but uh, it's fun. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, there's uh, apparently a... I, I didn't play a whole lot of it. I wanted to. There's apparently like a hook or twist to that game that people like found to be really awesome. Um, I think I know what it is if it's what I'm thinking of, but uh, it made me want to go back and play it. I didn't realize it was actually on Game Pass. I have yeah. heard the hook brings you back. <clears throat> yeah, Blues Traveler. That's always the way True to get story. Blues Traveler. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't uh, telling you no lie. Josh, talk to me about Iron Man VR. Man, this game is so fucking cool. Um, now, there is a high probability that I am simply blown away because I really haven't had a whole lot of experience in VR. Um, but this game is... is the first like two months you have VR, it's the greatest. This game is like ultra responsive and intuitive to the way that you would expect it to play. Um, like, you're literally just Iron Man, right? Um, there's a cool narrative to it. You and uh, Pepper Potts are pretty much the only actual human characters in the game so far. Uh, there's this ghost character who is um, tormenting Tony, basically uh, attacking Stark Industries in general. The game starts uh, very much like the Iron Man series of movies in which uh, you're like, in arms. It, it's the villain ghost? Yeah, I guess is that actually somebody? Yeah, well, I mean, that was also Ghost was the villain in the second Ant Man movie, but except for in the in the comics, it's a guy. Well, she looks very much like that character, um, okay. as well. But basically, you give up being an arms dealer at the beginning of the game. Um, you have an AI that looks like yourself that you put like you kind of give on like eternal vacation uh, in a way. Like you're like I'm not, I'm going to keep you active. You get unlimited internet access and privileges, but you're retired now, so go away. Um, Friday becomes your AI in, in the suit and everything. You've gone full superhero. Um, and then you're on a plane. You're like the, the Stark's private jet or whatever. And an attack happens essentially. And you get the side of the plane blown out. Your suit flies out the side and you have to dive out with no suit and basically meet up with your armor. You like put your hand out and Friday is like, you know, gauntlet coming in and you like line it up with the thing on screen and it zooms onto your hand and you can use it to shoot debris. And then you get the chest piece and then the like full on armor full on and you fly around and you're basically doing like the Superman scene of saving the plane as it crashes, essentially. Um, it's just it's really cool, man. Like you are like you hit the triggers on the move controllers to actually uh, hit your engines to fly as like your booster. Um, you're leg gauntlets are always going in that aspect when you're hitting it and then you control by moving your hands in the direction that you would want to go so if you want to go forward you basically put your palms backwards and you go forward if you want to 
You guys frozen or is it just Evan? Just oh, okay. They're really good at just being dead still. Um, if you want to, if you want to go to the right, you kind of just put, or to the left rather, you put your hand out to the right, keep holding the trigger, and you like you know fly sideways. Um, once you actually start realizing like how the like rhythm of motion in that game works, it's incredibly intuitive. You can press the actual buttons like the um, triangle and square button or whatever on the actual controller to do little quick turns so that you're not turning your whole body around. In fact, it won't let you. You can push uh, two of them together to do a 180. And once you like get that rhythm down, it's amazing. I'm flying around uh, like crazy. I'm using one arm to stabilize myself with actually um, my flight. And then I'm like aiming at drones and enemies and whatever with my other hand. And if I go palms up, I'm using my repulsors. If I do palms down, I'm using my alternate attack, which I've got smart missiles on one that locks up to like six enemies at a time. Or on the other gauntlet, I've got an auto cannon. basically. Uh, it's all energy-based, so if you use them, they overheat. Uh, as you blow up more things, you gain energy, and you can do your chest omni-beam, basically, and you control that by where you look on the actual headset. There's a lot of, like, early game, a lot of, like, timed flight travels, like going through gates and stuff like that, and, like, you've got a punch button, you hold it, and then you actually punch forward, and you can do a ground pound that way, Um it's just like one of those things you're like, oh man, like this is what it feels like to be Iron Man. And there's a tangible feel to a lot of stuff. When you're walking around in the uh, mansion, like you go in to press a button and like your brain tricks yourself. You feel like you're literally pressing a button on that phone to answer or to turn on the radio or whatever the case may be. You're picking up a tablet and you can actually just move your other hand and like swipe and it actually moves it. And it's like a really cool way that your brain gets tricked. Also, in the kitchen slash gym area, you could do pull-ups, uh, but there's a um, mini basketball machine, the uh, basically like a little arcade machine. So you could just see like you use the trigger to pick it up and then you just take shots at the basket and try and get a high score and everything just like you're like a Dave and Buster's or whatever. Um, I don't know, man. It's real. It's, it's just real cool. I took like a 10 minute video of me doing a mission yesterday and I wish it was easily shareable. Um, cause like it's, it, it doesn't look as good only because you don't have the full range of, of sight cause you're, it's displayed what's on screen instead of in your helmet. Uh, but it's cool that like it starts pitch black at every mission. And then the first thing that pops up is the outline of your actual, you know, helmet HUD and you've got all your readouts out there and like, you can see the outline of the actual Iron Man face. And then as the world comes up, like you would think it's distracting, but it's just part of what you kind of recognize in there. Um, it's like the transformative experience for me. I, I was just like. I'm blown away at how cool it is. Yeah, I mean, it's a good. It was a good game to bring to VR just for the. It, I mean, it plays perfectly for it because of the heads up display and your VR view. Like it just, it makes sense. It's uh, frustrating that there's not an easy way to transport this because I would like to bring it over for everybody to give it a try, especially before the awards. But it took me like 40 minutes to set up the VR and get it all put in, you know, in a comfortable way that it sits nice in the console and everything and. I'm just not down to move all that. Yeah, it fucking sucks. Welcome to why I don't play VR. Well, that and the lack of good games for the most part, although I am intrigued by this one. I will probably hook mine up because I don't have the HDR pass-through, so I always have to unhook it or my games don't look as good. Uh, so I, uh, I'll i probably hook it up and play on your account and just to at least get some in this because I would like to play it because, you know, Iron Man. And also... Yeah. I would like to use my VR for the first time. I haven't played it since before Ava was born, and she turns two in September. I am uh, going to get Beat Saber for sure as well. That was actually the why I wanted to get the VR to begin with. Um, oh, I need to let you just borrow. I need to like mail it to you if I'm not going to see you soon. Uh, you should play the Arkham Batman game. It's, it's I do good... want to play the Arkham game, and I want to play that Fire Team game or whatever that came out. The one that had the actual move zapper controller or whatever. Farpoint? Farpoint, yeah. And well but no, there was also that uh SEAL like Navy SEAL style game or whatever that apparently is awesome. Yeah, they had a couple like that. Um I've got a couple games. I just need to like let you borrow mine until I play mine again anyways. I've got like that uh like the Robinson game and the cut. Oh, did you get that? Yeah, I own it. It's 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 alright. Um it I heard it got updates. The move controllers really lacked yeah. on that game at first. Oh, uh, shit. No Man's Sky works in VR now. Oh, God. Um, also, I did play, uh, you know, Game of the Year 2018 Tetris Effect in VR. 
Uh, that is the exact experience that I wanted out of that. I basically just like fell into that world and I was like, oh yeah, Tetris is just a way of life and I absolutely love it. I kind of want to get Astrobot Rescue Mission, um, super hot VR. I'm actually really intrigued in trying. I am. That's one of the games I've regretted. I've never played Astrobots, whatever. And people loved it. I thought it was just whatever. Um, what about that mouse game? Yeah. What was that called? Oh God, uh, Moss. Yeah. Oh, well, Star, I was, I, God, Star Trek Bridge Crew. What am I doing with my life? Moss always looked cool, just because it was a different type of game. Most VR games will try to scare you at some point. Just fuck you. You know. Uh, I just want to. <laughs> I want more. Uh, I would like more VR games that I can legit just play with my controller, uh, but still like having full VR. I, I, I would like that. Anyways. Uh, Chuck, you've got more games. What the hell is Night Call? Night Call is a Game Pass game, um, and I actually think that you would like this game quite a bit, Evan. So you're a taxi cab driver, uh, and um, you, uh, you're assaulted by a serial killer named The Judge. And so the rest of the game, you are picking up passengers and trying to find out clues of who The Judge is. So uh, every clue that you get, there's like an evidence board, and you're putting like pictures up there and clues, and it tags it to like certain people. Um, the style is, and also not everybody that you pick up is going to give you clues or information on who to, so you're just picking up random people. I picked up a cat uh, one time that seemed like it was talking to me, and then it left and uh, when it left, it had, like, money on the seat, so I was like, okay. I picked up Santa Claus, and apparently it wasn't just a guy dressed like Santa Claus. It was actually Santa Claus, because he knew, like, some of my personal life. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's really interesting. The uh, art style, I find, is very cool. It, it seems, it's black and white, but it seems like it's done in kind of coal, like a coal drawing, kind of. Right. Uh, uh, the one bad thing about it, though, is that there are a couple of glitches on it, and a, a game that's that's this simplistic, it feels, um, I don't know, like uh, obtrusive, I guess. Uh, right. Like there shouldn't be prompt errors, or sometimes I'll pick up a fare and then it'll just like turn over and just give me the money, like I don't have them at all, uh, right. or the screen gets just turns like white the entire screen and then it goes to like so there's there's some bugs like that that i wish weren't in it but overall i haven't figured out who the judge is yet but um i'm getting real close it's between three three people four All people right. i i'm in on this game this sounds really cool i it can i just it looked cool. it up it came out on steam a few a uh, couple of years ago or the early 2019 but as is our rules, it was only available on console in last month, so it would count for this year. Yep. And there are, uh, I want to say, four cases that you can play. So I'm just playing this one, and I, I think I played maybe three hours of it. So I, I'm assuming each case is maybe three to five hours. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's decent length, though. Yeah. yeah. I'd, this sounds. This sounds like it's, an Evan game. It sounds like a. Modernish like Oberdin, um, um, but maybe without like the the like rewind feature, but like the piecing together clues type thing. Yeah, yeah, that that part I can I can see, and it does keep a uh, a log of it because you can pick up the same passenger multiple times, and they'll tell you different things. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's this one trippy lady that keeps getting into my cab that is like writing poetry and telling me to follow. Mm-hmm. The underground water canals. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, it sounds almost like the board you put together for Outer Outer Wilds uh, mixed with like, and I hate to use this because I hate that game, but L.A. Noir. Yeah, two things I took away from that. Uh, one, the evidence board and the kind of looking like the noir feel of this game. And you kept talking about clues. I kept wanting to call it clues and bullets. And number two, Chuck said there are some bugs talking about bug snacks. It's all. I think there's a better song than the bug snack song. And that is the blues and bullets theme song. 
You're welcome. I gave you that one. Feel it in your soul. Episode two coming to next gen, folks. Never. (laughs) It's a PS6 launch title. You're damn right it is, and I can't wait. (laughs) Never. Never coming out. Oh, it's happening. It's happening. I'm gonna kickstart that shit. Uh, all right, uh, Chuck. Hey, this guy, not at all in gaming or re- involved with the studio, a lot of money to get the second episode of Blues and Bullets. Yeah, yeah. I, stranger things have happened, Josh. God, it's amazing. The world needs to know what happens in Blues and Bullets. Um, let's talk, Chuck, talk to me about one of the fucking Sea of Thieves expansions, sure. Talk to me about Sea of Thieves. What's going on in the world of Sea of Thieves? Real quick. Josh, you have a question? (laughs) You do realize that Blues and Bullets Episode 2 is out as of 2015, right? Episode 3, then. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. And bullets. God damn it. (laughs) You can hide behind words, Josh. It's awesome. Um, okay, first of all, if you haven't heard of Sea of Thieves, give it a shot. It's super fun. They are always updating that game. As a matter of fact, since it came out in March of 2018, there have been 17 free expansions that you can download and play. Each one bringing something different. We all we've talked we've talked about a lot of them, like uh, the Megalodon, uh, the Kraken, uh, the Volcano Islands, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I just hopped back on recently cause my, uh, my kids wanted to play it and, uh, it's the first like non third person, like simple game that Freeman's ever played. He's never played a first person shooter or anything like that. So this was a good introductory for him to do that. And he's, he's gotten pretty good at it. So, um, the last expansion that's come out is called Haunted Shores, um, which adds an entirely new type of ship, uh, ghost ships. They are green with, like, uh, very bright, like, green lanterns hanging off of them. Um, and, uh, like, if you try to ram them, you go right through them. Or, yeah, or if you try to board them, you just fall into the water. Uh, but you can shoot them. Oh. You can shoot them. But the worst part about these guys are, because they're actually kind of easy to sink, they don't show up in, like, one. They show up in, like, five to twenty. It's a lot. And and they don't shoot cannonballs at you. They shoot, like, ghost spirits. And it's kind of terrifying. It's like, Like, every time they shoot at you, and they're different colors. Like, uh, the green ones will make you sick. Uh, The red ones will make you drop anchor. Like, stuff like that. So, if they... It's just like the cursed cannonballs with a different animation. Yes. And so the main thing is to beat uh, Captain Flamebeard, who has you know how the the um, like the uh, the forts have the skulls in the air and the the skeleton ships have the ship. Uh, th- he's got a gigantic fucking head. He's in the middle of the map that you can see from everywhere. That's how big it is. You can see his head from almost everywhere. It's huge. Uh, even like in storms and stuff, it's massive and just constantly on fire. Um, but I do want to talk uh, a little bit about some of the, uh, the old, the new stuff that they added. They've added new shanties. Um, so it's not just like the three in rotation that you play. There's like seven or eight of them now. Um, there are more shanties always. Um, there's a new emissary system where you can buy a flag from each of the three vendors or the three types of vendors. And then there's a fourth vendor called Reaper's Bones. Uh, And you can can fly those emissary flags and get uh, more missions, more uh, treasures and quests and stuff like that. But it also makes you more of a target because if you've got... um, you know, one of the, uh, the merchant things on there and somebody like boards you and takes your stuff, it's going to be worth a lot more than if they don't have it on there. Uh, Reaper, Reaper's Bones is player versus player, so they'll tell you somebody that's on the map 
like an actual person, and if you go and you kill them, you collect like a huge bounty, and there's different levels. It goes up to five, I think. And I think Trey just did one the other day. It was a level two uh, bounty, and it gave him 5,000 gold. Wow. Just for killing that one guy. Uh, They also added a a throwable throwable grenade called a blunder bomb. Um, So that that does huge damage, but it also uh, um, does splash damage on you and your team. Uh, One of my favorite things they added, though, is the chain shot. So it's like two tiny cannonballs with a chain between them, and if you launch that at the sails, it instantly raises the sails, and they can't go anywhere. Like they have to go and physically lower their sails in order to get started again. All right. Um, let's see. They added. Um, oh, they added pets. Uh, they added a monkey, a parrot, and cats. Uh, so you can actually have pets with you. Like a parrot will be sitting on your shoulder. It'll fly off and come back. Uh, monkeys will just be hanging around the mast and stuff like that. So that I thought that was pretty cool. Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. There's fishing now uh, with like uh, you can you can collect bait and use it for more fish. They've got a little stove in the bottom of the ship where you can cook food. That actually gives you a burst of health and then regenerative health also. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's there's so much to this game, and they just keep adding and adding and adding. It's, I mean, it's worth every penny that we didn't pay for because it's on Game Pass. Yeah, Game Pass. So it's man, it's so much fun. I love just I hopping on it. and just doing a couple of missions. Um, it's it's just fun, man. Oh, we did. Uh, we took on a fort. And we beat the entire fort with three people. Um, I stayed on the ship and made sure nobody else was like coming to get all our stash. But it took forever to beat. And then there was a lady at the end of it who was a skeleton, like this giant, like 10-foot-tall woman called the Duchess that we had to take out. And it took forever because she would bury underground and then pop up somewhere else. And she would do like this little shimmy and just bring up like a dozen skeletons. Like, they would all sprout up and... But I was just like launching cannonballs. It was awesome. But the, was, God, you got so much. Oh, they also added a, a new chest called a rage chest. Do you remember that one Poseidon's chest that like is just constantly crying and it flooded your ship? Yep. Yes. This one, um, every once in a while, will catch your ship on fire. <laughs> Why wouldn't it? And you got to put it out with water, which is ironic since you know there's water everywhere. And there's still not a game that does water physics any like any better than Sea of Thieves. It's amazing. I can agree with that. It's very good. Man, I love that game. It's really fun. To, it's one of the more fun multiplayer games. It's not great to play by yourself for extended periods of time, but man, multiplayer, it's always fun. Yeah, uh, we had a lot of fun. Like You and I until like 5 o'clock in the morning one day. Yeah, it's... like I've had some of my favorite multiplayer experiences of this generation on that game. And it, I just... It's... It's a damn good game. Oh, uh, they also added, real quick, they added where you can bring somebody back. So if you die, you'll fall down, and you'll be down for, like, 15 seconds. But if somebody's right next to you, they can revive you by holding down Y. So you don't go immediately to the Ship of Souls. Okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Damn Ship of Souls. (laughs) Um... All right, last one for Chuck here before he bounces. Uh, good on you for playing a lot of games, Chuck. Uh, I, I, we should have all been on this one. I, like I said, I was just trying to get one game done, but we've been playing this game a lot, and Josh did not scroll up slash check this group. Uh, yeah. Uh, but the um, uh, the new DLC, or the first DLC called uh, Jungle Awakens for Minecraft Dungeons came out. Um, tell me about it. I've heard Eric's played quite a bit of it, um, and I will too because I'm definitely going back to Minecraft Dungeons. I enjoy that game, and I'm almost at the power level. So, uh, uh, tell me about it. So, um, like you were saying, uh, Micro Dungeons added uh, first of two DLCs planned for this year. Uh, you can buy it singularly for seven dollars, like Eric did, or you can buy both of them for ten. Uh, <laughs> agreed. Uh, it also gives you an aesthetic uh, cape and a pet chicken. 
Um, why not? So, yeah, why not? Uh, Creeping Winter is supposed to come out in like a month, I think. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Jungle Awakens gives you uh, two extra levels, and then there is a hidden level within the first level that you do. They can open up the third level, which is the pandemonium level, whatever. It's like mostly pandas. Uh, you can kill the pandas. You don't have to. It takes I'm forever. I'm going to kill those pandas. It takes forever to kill the fucking pandas. Like, forever. They're not enchanted or anything. They just have... Like fifty thousand health per per panda, it's a lot. Like even hit hitting them with the gong of weakness, which is like my favorite artifact now. Because uh, it's it, amazing. Ever, like forever. Freeman's got uh three golem tokens now, so like he's just got. All, and me and Trey each have one too, so at all times we have five golems walking around. Run. <laughs> It's that Diablo fucking uh, necromancer gameplay. Just give me all the skeletons. Everybody fight for me so I don't have to do anything. Yeah. Uh, What's awesome. right now? Um, so they also added, um, along with the uh, the different uh, you know area and terrain and stuff, there's a lot of temples, not so much underground stuff. Um, there's ocelots roaming around instead of cows, so you can kill them and get some uh, health drops every now and again. Um, there are different types of enemies, like the skeletons and the zombies look aesthetically different because they've got vines and stuff hanging off of them, but there's a new, I don't know what it's called, but it makes this weird, like, sound, uh, and like these vines pop up out of the ground and like surround you. They don't explode like those, uh, those sons of bitches that do the, the totems like that, but, uh, they still are very irritating. The, the... Uh, enemy type that they added that will fucking wreck you though is called the Leaper. Uh, it looks Le- just Le- like Le- Bartok Zelieper. Uh, that just sorry, I'm having flashbacks of like one of my very first uh, podcasts I was ever on. We talked about that. Yeah, that's where, uh, that's where that comes from. It was pre Civil War. I mean, uh, Winter Soldier. Yep. Um, but yeah, so uh. So these things are like they look like gorillas, but they're all covered in vines, and they'll they'll pound their chest and leap at you, and if they hit you, you die. You die. Like I'm a level like 97 or whatever. One shot by those things, I'm dead. They're not enchanted or anything. Uh, now the gong of weakness, you hit them like five times after that, they're dead. But if they hit you, you die. Um, and we have run across some enchanted ones, so you just got to time out the the beating of the chest and then the leap so that they don't just immediately kill you. Cause they never show up like one at a time. There's always th- like three of them. Um, and then there's a new, uh, there's a new boss at the end of the second level. He's a, it's like the jungle monstrosity or something like that. He looks like a hundred foot tall tree. He looks like Groot. And, uh, he just comes at you. He's not super difficult to beat cause he's very slow. But he always screams, and all these new, all these dudes like pop up out of the ground whenever he screams. All right. um, and then there's the panel, the panda mission, which is kind of cool. Uh, the other thing that we haven't even gotten to yet is um, they also added a free um, extra dungeon on the main map. It's just got question marks underneath of it, so I don't know how long that is. We haven't had a chance to play it. There's new gear. There's a whip that you can get. There's ocelot armor. Uh, there's new like fruit drops, like melons, like melon slices that you can pick up. Uh, so are they uh, with sight, or would you call them blind? <laughs> That's a chuck ass joke right there, and I appreciate yeah. the hell out of it. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, but yeah, I mean, for ten bucks, it's well worth it. I mean, creeping winter. Um, I mean, it's going to be at least three more levels, so. Um. Yeah, it's it's a good deal, man. That game is so fun. I love that game so much. Like, I'm really excited to play more of it. Uh, I've got three trophies left to get my platinum in uh, Last of Us, which Evan and I will talk about here in a minute. Oh, I forgot to mention the most important part of Iron Man VR. I'm sorry. There's an actual trophy room in the mansion that, as you unlock the trophies, they're there for you. 
So I, I can't can believe they've get, never done that before. I know. I can go get my platinum and then look at it in VR. There was rumors a while back of um, PlayStation Home, you know, that failed experiment, having yeah. an actual trophy room for you to be able to view as well. But it's really cool. And, like, you look at it and Tony's like, one day I'll finish the collection or whatever. And, then like, you just kind of move on from there. Um, I'm really excited to play more Minecraft Dungeons, though. Yeah, that game's great. Like, surprise, awesome game of the year, even though we were excited for it. I feel like it's kind of on a different level than what we were expecting. I can agree with that. I'm with you, man. Chuck, are you bouncing out, brother? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to mute you guys, too, so that way um, I'm not, like, gone, gone. All right, that's cool. I'll try to send you a text. If you got your phone with you, I'll just text you when we're finishing up. Okay. Bye, Chuck. Have fun. Yeah. Well, now that he's out of here. That fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a little game known as The Last of Us 2 came out. How dare they make this video game? I mean, ever fucking Dentley, whereas the first one was just so fucking acclaimed, and a great game, don't get me wrong. I, it was, I didn't get to the level you ever did, and a lot of people did, but I recognized the greatness. Uh, I just didn't see this coming for this game. I know there's always a group of people that will try and troll anything big that comes out. Any Marvel movie, any big DC movie always gets this, whether it's good or not. Uh, but man, it has been particularly bad for The Last of Us 2. Yeah, it sucks. Um, because... People, of which I can't read details yet because of spoilers, that seem to be talking reasonably and like have legitimate gripes, of which I don't know yet. Um, but I guess there are some people that just don't evidently don't like the ending of the game, uh, which, like I said, I have avoided like the plague. Yeah, um, I will avoid saying as much, uh, you know. We'll talk about this in a few weeks again, and we'll, uh, and we'll check out again if we have to. He can speak on what he's played at that point, and we'll talk about the end then, so. The, 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 the problem comes down to expectation uh, and not being able to get over expectation. People think they have an ownership of this story and of the characters and everything therein. Um, and you've gotten through s- probably 90% of people's issues with the game. Um, the ending is one of the big ones, but it's the one that I, they probably talk the least about. Um, and also is the one with the absolute least supporting fucking evidence as to why you would hate this game. Uh, This game is in every way, in my opinion, a masterpiece. Uh, I spoke for two and a half hours after my brother finally beat it. I took the day it came out and then the following Monday off. So I had four days to beat it. ended up beating it in three. Uh, And it's a long game. took me almost 27 hours in total. Uh, And my second playthrough, which... Um, I thought I would kind of blaze through and just try and get the stuff that I have to do an actual playthrough for before I go into like the mission selects to get all of the collectibles. Um, I'm almost 18 hours into that game where I'm at right now again. So I'm going to end up putting 70 hours into this game by the time I get everything. Um, he knows we can still hear him, right? Apparently not as he gallops away. Um, we, uh, we played differently because I have I am more than eighteen hours into my playthrough, but not as far as you are in your second playthrough. I think I'm more slow. Also, it's because I'm scared half the time. Uh, <laughs> I don't like stuff jumping at me in video games. Um, uh, so, I want to be there for a moment. So therefore, I'm very slow. Uh, there was one, a particular one, where I was just I had to, I was trying to get through a house um on uh the level i was playing and uh i was upstairs and i had to like go between a wall and then a clicker just fucking slid in at the end of it and started following me through the crease and i was backing up it terrified the fuck out of me um i think one of my favorite parts of the gameplay style of this game because it's very similar to the first one but they they give you a significant challenge in each encounter 
Um, it is very difficult to stay stealth the entire time. It can be done. I've done it on most of the encounters the second time through. It's um, hard this time, though. It's, it's much harder. The world is much more open. The... Um, God damn it, Chuck. <laughs> the... Um, the like the areas that you're in, there are buildings that have like complete walls missing, or there are so many entrances into the houses. If you're in a neighborhood, uh, they do a really good job. Like the dogs make it so hard to get through certain parts, but once you know how to do it, you can absolutely pull it off. But at the same time, you can just say fuck it and book it, and you can make it through um, in a way that makes sense, or you can bypass a lot of it that makes sense, and you don't have to engage in you know every single fight. Now, my first time through, I killed every enemy, literally every enemy in the game. Um, I don't have like a percentage counter to make sure of that, but there's nobody that I came across that didn't die. I um, was doing that at first in my second half of the game without saying spoilers. Uh, weirdly, even though I feel like this would be the time I would kill more people, I uh, haven't. Um, I found it, maybe it's just also I'm getting a little bit better at the game because it's not my natural like play style that I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, um, I've had two encounters that I made it basically all the way through without killing him. And then without just running, I was able to stealth through. I did until like the final person, just because I was like, fuck you. I, I really want the loot that's next to you and I, there's no way around it. So, um, um, and, and it's been surprising. Like the combat's not my favorite, but it never was. And that's not in an indictment on the game. It's just my personal style that I don't, it's not my favorite thing to play. It's not bad. In fact, yeah. for that style, this is really well made. There's nothing bad about the mechanics of the game, although I have a, had a surprising, not like bad, like you've seen some on the internet or like Chuck was talking about the other day. I have had a few like weird glitches that I feel I never had a problem with in the first Last of Us. Um, but, I mean, shit like that happens. It's nothing that's ever taken me out of it. Um Game changer and pro tip that Josh alerted me to um, for your stealth mode, you can do like this sonar thing and it changes your life. Man, the um, inclusion of the accessibility features in this game is incredible. Um, <clears throat> the ability to highlight different uh, dialogue or different on screen text as different colors, to change the HUD colors, um, to yes, give a navigation mode so that if you um, are somebody who might struggle or people who need a different additional assistance, you can still enjoy the game. Um, if you turn that mode on, you just click the, the left stick if you're like lost and it will give you a subtle hint as to where to go without completely playing the game for you. Um, but when you do that in your in your listen mode, you can just click circle and it does send out this sonar. And what's cool is you can even extend the range of that and you can extend how fast it does that so that if you just want to hit the button and it immediately shows everything in the area you can pick up um does the same with enemies you can do that or if you want it to go out like a sonar so that you have time to react and see where it is because it doesn't keep them highlighted it lets you like it's just it, that to me more than anything feels like an upgrade you would get in like an open world game that you could just turn on at any point in time. And it doesn't affect anything. You can play the game at any difficulty you want. Trophies still pop with any difficulty. It just makes it easy because there's so much to do in this world. There's so many buildings you can go into. You can break all the glass. And it's so satisfying every time you do. Yeah, and um, a lot of that is completely optional. Evidently, the original build of this game was a legit open world game. I can uh, see that. Of which I'm glad that they ended up steering away from that a little bit. Yeah. Um, not every game needs to be open world, and I think this game has enough openness in it for what it is. Um, there's already enough exploration mm -hmm. on that. But yeah, uh, it did lead to one of my worst glitches that scared the shit out of me, that I was afraid it was stuck. Uh, you know, when you turn it on, the little instruction thing, someone's like, press O for objects or square for to scan for enemies. Yeah. Like that text that appears on your screen uh, got stuck. Uh -huh. um, and like wouldn't come off, went through a cutscene with it on there. I was like, oh fuck, this is just here. So I, I quit out to uh, the menu and reloaded back in, and it was still there. And I was like, god damn it, the rest of my game is like this. And then I completely ejected my game and like completely turned off my PS4. And when I turned it back on, it was it was gone. And I was like, oh thank Christ. <laughs> Yeah, that would suck. Um, I have not run into, like, for me personally, uh, I, I did not run into a single bug. 
Um, like not even a graphical glitch or anything. Um, had some popping issues, but nothing, nothing major. Um, it's it, so, for the most part, it, it's a fucking beautiful game. Uh, I, so I can't believe video games look like this. Like it's incredible. The environments are so lived in and real, and the like lighting is great. And every we talked in the last show um, about the reflections and like the puddles and stuff, but even knowing that it's not necessarily immediately dynamic and reflecting the world a hundred percent, it still feels real the way they do it. And the motions of the characters and um, the way they tell the story without just getting too deep into it. Um, There's some flashbacks. I don't think that's too uh, spoilery to say uh, you're not going into like the reasons for flashbacks or anything like that. You flashback to some younger times uh, where between like, this is several years after the end of the last game, so you catch up on some of the stuff that's happened in between. Um, and I, I enjoyed that. I like, I, I found that a really great storytelling mechanic for this game. Yeah. Um, also, I, one I, of I, like heartfelt moments in the game for me uh, for the uh, uh, the space capsule. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much everybody's highlight of the game, and it absolutely deserves it. Like it's so good. Um, there's a lot of really good moments between these characters and they make you care about new characters in a way that I didn't expect them to, but I guess it makes sense because they were able to do it so effectively with Ellie and Joel in the first game. Um, but your connection to Ellie and Joel specifically is so strong that anybody they care about, you also care about. And, and it's really cool to do that. Um, I like Jesse a lot. The new, uh, Jesse's great. I love uh, Dean is my fucking, she's, She's my girl. I love Dina so much. I don't um, love her. I gotta say, and I before anyone would accuse me, it has nothing to do with yeah. why people are, are criticizing this game. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's even spoilers to say that her and Ellie are like have a romantic relationship. That uh, is so. God, I want to talk about so much. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get there, man. Uh, but yeah, it's not. No, it's not even for you. Like even, I want to talk about the stuff that you've even experienced already. Um. <laughs> I do feel it's a little early. I feel like the majority of people yeah. haven't finished this game, so maybe we don't go into that. The majority uh, have made up their opinion without ever playing it. That's fair. Like a lot of people would say they don't like Dina because she's gay and her and Ellie are together, and that has nothing to do with that. She's just not my favorite. Um, uh, one, of, one of my favorite parts in this game, without going into who did it or why and all this other stuff, your first flashback to the aquarium. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed that. I love the aquarium. I love it every time you go there. Um, I think that's one of the coolest like parts of the world. I love the way that... I didn't like the end of my first trip there. Jesus. Was... <laughs> um, yeah, it gets rough, for sure. Very difficult. So at... I mean, it, it, it is punishing. Like It's not a, f a happy game. Like, it's not. If you're um, invested in this, which I hope you are, because you know, that's the catch of this game, Like you don't feel good playing it. <laughs> Um, the way that a game that is so my, one of my favorite parts about the way they tell the story and the way that this game was built without, again, getting into any spoilers is uh, it's a narrative linear game aside from that first open world area. Right. Um, where you can spend some time. And even that is really technically linear. You're just going to these two buildings to find some gas and then you're getting into the more. Uh, streamlined version of the story in which you are going down like to specific areas and things like that. Um, re What's that? Go to the bank. Uh, yes, I did finally. I got everything in that area. Well, the only it, thing I it, have left to do is uh, collect all of... Basically get all the collectibles. There's two trophies for individual types of collectibles, the cards and the coins. I need those. And then I need each artifact. And like I've looked at the chapter select. I think I've gotten like 44 out of 45 in the first like Seattle day one, um, which makes me mad because now I've got to find out which one I don't have and go look it up and like, do the chapter again. But uh, luckily, just by looking at what I do have, I can find a guide pretty quickly. Um but the, it reuses the world and the story has a reason to go back to these locations in a way um, that is really cool. And it gives you that level of familiarity with the world. And like, unlike an open world game, right? Because that makes sense. I can go to the same building in Spider-Man because it's fun to jump off of, you know, Stark Tower. 
right? But this is like, oh, I've been to the aquarium before. I'm going back to the aquarium again. Or I've been to the theater. I'm going back to the theater, you know, without knowing what those landmarks really mean. It's really cool that you're able, that they were able to pull that off. And I love the way that this game ties into the first. Um, They had said very specifically that they didn't have intentions to make this game initially, that they wanted it to be standalone unless they had something to say. I personally resonate incredibly well with what they have to say, just in terms of being an enjoyable story that I think challenges you in the right way, that um, you know doesn't tell you how to feel, but gives you the option on different ways to feel about everything. And like, um, a lot of that has to do with how interactive with the original game's story. It's not just this is Joel and this is Ellie and, you know, it's the characters you know and love from before, but happen to be in this new adventure. Like, it is integral to what the first game was and how it resolved and everything else as to everything that's motivating this game. And I think it's just a testament to great storytelling. It's smartly made. uh, For as much as I know that I can speak on so far, um... It just makes you think about consequences and stuff like that that you normally wouldn't about uh, a previous game and stuff like that. You know, it's it's enjoyable, and I, I think it's well-written. Dialogue, voice acting, all that is top-notch. Graphically, it's incredible. Um, Gameplay, not my favorite, but that's more of a personal thing. Like, it, It's a great game. I don't know if it's going to end up being like a top 10 the generation for me just because I don't like jump scares, and this one feels way more jump scary than the first one. Maybe I'm just misremembering it. Yeah, uh, I just think maybe you didn't play the first one like multiple times or anything. There's definitely a lot of jump scares. There's one moment I do want to talk about that's a spoiler, but it's completely not integral to the story. Is it my fucking horse? It's not your fucking horse, but rip. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we it's it's integral to this podcast. We have to talk about Take On Me. Um, right? Oh, man, it's so good. I'm so I glad said, I found that you like having to tell me to go find it. Yeah. As soon as I started playing. So the, one of the, my favorite things, and it's stupid, but like one of my favorite things is they've programmed a fully functional, essentially guitar mechanic in this game. That is, I think the coolest use of the touchpad that they've had on the PlayStation controller. That's not a high bar, but yes, it is you're not, right. it is not. But uh, based on where you tap or strum on the touchpad is uh, one of the five strings of the guitar. And then you use either the right or left stick to go toward different chords. And you can swap through chords with the right or left buttons um, on the shoulders. I know about music, and it's still fun to play with, but people are way more talented than me and are doing really cool stuff. There's a video, one of the guys from Blink182 Blink plays one of their songs on it uh, today. Oh, for real? Yeah, it just came out today. There's a video of it. Uh, yeah, I've seen people do like the full rendition of Metallica's "Nothing Else Matters." Johnny Cash is hurt. Uh, Elvis's uh, "Can't Help Falling in Love." Like, it's incredible what people are doing. But one of the first sequences, you pick up the guitar. Um, well, not maybe the second or third time, but when you find one in the world, it usually triggers some sort of memory or something else. And in this particular instance, it's just Ellie and Dina, um, and it's early in the game, and Ellie starts playing a song, and it's fucking the sad version of take on me which just happens to be the most depressing song of all time now um as soon as she started singing like she wasn't even done with the first line i just hit pause and i put my controller down and i said i hate and love this game at the same time uh and then i cried and i poured one out for quentin and then i played another 20 hours of the game but i i I, it happened and i just kind of closed my eyes i was like of course it's like it's just it's so it's like one of those moments that the Last of Us series in particular, like Naughty Dog is good at, but the Last of Us in particular, like the giraffe, um, and like a couple of like, you know, you said the you know, the aquarium and stuff like that, like those moments that The Last of Us affords is that little bit of like sunshine and that little bit of hope of humanity in an otherwise brutal world. And they don't get a chance to do that in uncharted the cool moments in uncharted are uh look at this you know cool puzzle we've solved in this amazing cave and it's like indiana jones archaeology and it's gorgeous and it's so cool to see because it's big and grand in scale and i the huge ass set pieces too although i do yeah. feel like four did a better job with emotional moments than they ever had really in 
100%. I, I just think this world has lent itself in the way that they've crafted it to have those moments that are so emotionally engaging and impacting um, because of how starkly they contrast with the narrative tone and the general feel of the game. Um, I could talk about this game for literally hours when, like I said, when Rob beat it, it's two and a half hours. I plan on doing a video podcast with him about it, specifically like a full spoiler cast. Um, he is way more on my side in terms of the controversy around it. He had some genuine critiques that I don't blame him for, but not in the narrative and disgusting way people have. And I will just simply say, because I know I've talked a lot about this game already, don't be fucking assholes. Um, you have your right to your opinion. I will argue until the end of the day as to how I don't agree with your particular take. And I don't like the verbiage of it's bad writing. It's not writing that you agree with because it didn't tell the story the way you wanted, but don't death threat somebody. Don't say to the uh, voice actress of a character that you hope that her whole family gets COVID or whatever the case may be. And then don't try and sound like you're high and mighty because people have been doing this and say, yeah, don't blame the actress. It's the writer's fault. Get them instead. That doesn't make you any better a person. You're just as bad. And he shared worse shit than she even shared. It's, it's disgusting. disgusting. I'm like, have you people don't do that to anybody, but they're like calling her terrible and stuff. I'm like, have you looked at her credentials? She's one of the most accomplished voice actresses in the world. Yeah. Not to mention the guy that you're ripping on as well, by the way, wrote that first game that you love. Yeah. Like, no. It's really, it's really, really dumb, and people are shitty. Uh, the yeah, game, the anti-Semitic like, stuff that he shared, just it, I, it. I didn't think Last of Us would bring me to tears outside of the game, but it did. Like I read it, and it just broke my heart and made me just like it. It, it genuinely depressed me for twenty four hours. I could not believe that that's how people choose to react to things. Yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> and, well, I'll see where I stand on the game when I when it gets done. I think it's an amazing game so far. Like I said, I don't know if it ends up like in my top of the generation, although I wouldn't begrudge anybody already that has it there. I look forward to it. Next time we'll talk, we'll probably do an, a smaller talk like this that includes Chuck, get his feelings, and then we'll probably end with me and you. We'll do full spoilers uh, here in about two, three weeks, whenever yeah. uh, we do another video broadcast. And we'll be talking about uh, some uh, Ghost of Shishima by that point. Yeah, we will. I gotta finish Iron Man so that I can install Ghost as well. Man, I'm say what you want about 2020, and I will. It sucks, and I hate it. Um, but we're getting some real good games, and I'm getting the opportunity to enjoy some real good games. Um, weirdly, have been busier than ever, and I can't fucking get enough time to play. It's why I'm not done with fucking Last of Us Two, but. I think I might get done by the time Ghost comes out. If not, it's going to be real close, which is great because that's going to let me get a lot of that in. Because uh, I uh, I want to get done for Avengers and I want to play some Paper Mario uh, at some point. Um, I might be Paper Mario, man. I, like the more I think about it, like I thought that first trailer is really cool, but I just don't think it's going to be a game I want to get into. I might be totally wrong. I'm going to wait and see some gameplay videos of like people playing. <laughs> I'm going to see. Uh, you know, I want to see the reviews. I mean, Nintendo almost always reviews well, but I just want to kind of see what they say about it. Um, but we'll see. You know, there's a lot of games coming on to play. A lot of this indie shit's going to hit that I really, really want to play. There's a lot, you know, I want to be playing and want to play West of Dead. So, I mean, it's a good year for video games, and but there's a lot of big stuff coming, a whole lot of big stuff coming. Uh, so, it's really fucking exciting. Um, One might call it a fuck ton. Cyberpunk. I mean, we're just, Cyberpunk is still coming this year. Yeah, I kind of need Breath of the Wild 2 to not come out, almost. <laughs> I hate to even say that, because I would play that first. But imagine that and Cyberpunk both hitting, and Halo Infinite, and Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yeah, I mean, I'll be, like, I, I said this in the group the other day, like, I currently uh, harbor plans to not buy an Xbox right away, but that's what I did last generation as well, Um I don't know. Obviously, that could totally change if the July conference comes out and it's fucking amazing. But thinking about how much these consoles are going to be and all the accessories I want to buy with the PS5, I uh, I, I don't know that I'm going to buy both consoles this year. I, I say that, and I probably will. You 100% will. I'll, I'll get you there. <laughs> Fair. Uh, I'll need to get a new TV that has two, HD, uh, two HDR ports. No, okay. Yeah, I didn't. I, I guess I didn't think about that. Yeah. Or you can just always stand up and switch it, you lazy bastard. 
Why the fuck would I do that? I buy digital so I don't have to go move discs around. That's... Well, it's a great time for games. Uh, good games are out. More good games are coming out. And we're about to learn about a fuck ton more that will be coming soon. Uh, so, like I said, next show should be packed. We should have a ton of Xbox and Ubi and maybe some Square news. And we're going to be talking full spoilers for Last of Us. We'll be talking Ghost of Shishima. You'll probably have to fucking beat them, but I won't. Um, There's a 99% chance. Uh, and we'll see. Uh Surely the new uh, Dark Pictures game is going to come out soon. I keep hearing rumors it was going to be July or August. No. Um, so I'll get that game, and then me and you won't get to finish it. So there's that. I'm calling dibs on it again because we didn't get to finish Man and Madan. <laughs> I did on Xbox, you son of a bitch. I don't play that shit. Well, I bought that game twice, those assholes, and they're assholes. They don't respond. That's neither here nor there. All right. That's going to do it for us. We're done here. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, there's a whole bunch of more shit coming. Uh, Chuck still has us on mute, even though I texted him, so that's fine. Uh, but, uh, all right, make sure to stay tuned. We've got a lot more TV coming to you uh, here in a week or so. Uh, bye. Bye. for listening to Free For All, your source for all things geek. We just wrapped up another episode, but we're not done. Stay tuned for more episodes when we make our return next week. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and rate and review us too. That's the best way for new folks to find our show. You can also find us on the Google Play Store, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. Don't forget that you can now subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch the show as we record, and you can catch our live streams on the Free For All Facebook page. Also, feel free to tweet us at FFA Podcast to keep in touch. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Fuck them out, bug snacks! <laughs> alright, alright, hang on. Oh, oh! Butt snacks. Bug snacks. I texted you like five minutes ago. I don't think you saw it. You should have texted louder. Yeah, that's fair. That's on me. It is on you. Thank you. Thank you. We're still recording. Yeah, I know. I pushed the record. Do you want me to stop? Oh, no. He Well, he did the end of the show. Oh, did he? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Alright, bye. See you next week.